afternoon. It's Turning Points, and you have tuned into the Turning Point of the Universe. I'm Jake Turner. Two hours of simply outstanding sports conversation takes you won't find anywhere else except right here on Turning Points. And we got a jam-packed show for you. We're going to have Eric Wilson of Honar Level has the best sports show in Sarasota, Florida. He will be joining me as well, and he will pull no punches, I promise you, as we do here as well. And uh, with that, we're going to jump into the Baseball Hall of Fame, why I believe they got it right. I'm going to bring the cold, hard truth to the NFL playoffs, to why it has become what it has become right now. But I want to jump into this story because I feel like this is the story that everybody is missing out on. And we understand, you know, the greatest gift that a human has is the ability to tell a good story. Okay, a good story is what's going to lead to great conversation, good debate and change in the world. Certain conversations lead to that. But I just feel like the media as a whole, aside from two people that I know, have misread this entire thing. Larry Nasser got 175 years in prison just a few days ago. But this wasn't even a story. Until decorated gymnasts Simone Biles and Ali Raisman both came out and accused him of sexual assault and harassment throughout their time when he was their gymnastics coach. But he's, that, that's, that's not it. it. It actually turned out to be 156 women that came forward. 156 women looked at that sick, disgusting, deplorable, droopy dog-like face with his glasses on, which I felt like somebody was going to take and crash and uh, smash them to pieces. And he had to look upon them. But the funny thing is, is that during some of that video that I found, guy never looked at him because he was like, I got away with it. He won't know that until he gets to prison then. But I mean, he's going to, he is going to die in prison, plain and simple. Larry Nasser is not going anywhere. He will be gone from our lives forever. But with that, it is astounding to me that this story has just been so underwhelmingly reported. Because I remember when the Jerry Sandusky scandal happened with Penn State. I remember that news outlets made this the top story of the day. This was the biggest story, and it was going to be nothing else. They put out pages of the grand jury report, which I had to read, and I stopped three times, and I had to drink some water, eat some food, and just keep myself from getting sick after reading that entire grand jury report regarding what was going on with Jerry Sandusky and what Mike McCreary said about what he witnessed. And I can't believe that this is just being treated like in other news. Because I understand, look, I understand the Super Bowl, we are T-minus, we are T-minus a few days away from Super Bowl week beginning, and then we had the Super Bowl. I get that. The Baseball Hall of Fame has happened. I get that too. The XFL is coming back in 2020. I get that as well. However, because of what happened with Sandusky, it just made me think to myself, why is this story being so underreported? Now it feels like it's like an apology letter from the media. It's like, oh, right. We're so sorry that we completely forgot about the 156 women that came forth, told Larry Nasser what it was all about. And now he finally gets punished. I thought we were in this year of the woman. I thought this was the Me Too movement. I mean, aren't these women part of that Me Too movement? Yeah, they're not celebrities, but they're decorated athletes. 
So I understand, you know, we got the reports, you know, regarding Ashley Judd and several other young actresses, you know, from the likes of Harvey Weinstein, James Franco, Kevin Spacey. We get it. We get it. But why is this just being pushed to the rug? It's kind of like in that second part of the nightly news where it's like, in other news, in other news, this is about a human life that is scarred forever. And not everybody thinks like Allie Raisman or Simone Biles. Not everybody thinks like them. Note this as a good example here. And I give a lot of credit to the New York Times for actually really digging in and finding some quotes that definitely needed to be said. But nothing, I mean nothing, should be any more important than this story. There was only one person I could think of throughout all the podcasts that I have gone through. And he actually made it part of his first hour. And that was Dan Patrick of The Dan Patrick Show, who came out and talked about the Larry Nasser thing. And he talked about how the Michigan State needs to be, like, there needs to be charges against him. Absolutely. I mean, the president, Lou Anna Simon, a woman, she resigned as president of the university. And then athletic director, Dave Hollis, who has done an amazing job, you know, bringing in guys like Mark Antonio and Tom Izzo and keeping them entwined in, within the culture. And he's gone now. And then, you know, we're still waiting around for the USOC to take a step and tell the committee, you all need to resign. Like, seriously, nobody gets away with this unscathed. Because you talked to those 156 women that came forward and said what needed to be said to Larry Nasser. It shouldn't just be Larry Nasser. It should be Luanna Simon. It should be Dave Hollis. It should be every member of that committee that needs to be arrested. This is just my take. Be arrested and have those women come back and tell them the story. And let them sink that in. And maybe even get some jail time. You can't just get away with this unscathed. So according to the New York Times, I was able to find this. Here was the first one. My parents, who had my best interests at heart, will forever have to live with the fact that they continually brought their daughter to a sexual predator and were in the room, were in the room as he assaulted me. Marie Anderson, swimmer. Now keep this in mind, as Jordan Weaver now, gymnast and Olympic medalist, said, quote, I thought that training for the Olympics would be the hardest thing that I would ever have to do. But in fact, the hardest thing I would ever have to do is process that I am a victim of Larry Nasser. Now, keep this in mind, he was also the team doctor for the USA Gymnastics. He was employed by Michigan State, as I mentioned before. But he pleaded guilty to 10 counts of first degree, first degree, the highest degree of criminal sexual conduct. And it wasn't just gymnasts, dancers, rowers, runners, softball, soccer, volleyball, the swimmer, Marie Anderson, and even a figure skater. Maddie Larson, the Olympics were just one year away, and I just couldn't take any more of the abuse. I was broken. Larry, my coaches, and USA Gymnastics turned the sport I fell in love with as a kid into my personal living hell. Amanda uh, Thomaschow, I reported it. Michigan State University, the school I loved and trusted, had the audacity to tell me that I did not understand the difference between sexual assault and a medical procedure. I have to stop here for a second because I am just sick to my stomach right now. I feel like when I read these quotes, I feel like I'm reading that grand jury report. 
about Jerry Sandusky that Mike McCreary put out. I feel like I'm reading that. It is absolutely deplorable, disgusting, revolting. It's the wor- It is one of the top five worst things that a human being can do. Is take advantage like that. But nope, in other news, Jake, we got to talk about the Super Bowl. No, we don't have to talk about the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl does not start until Sunday, February 2nd. That's when the Super Bowl starts. It does not start right now. So you can take a few days out of your precious time talking about the NBA All-Star Game snubs. Oh, shut up. Or talk about the XFL or anything like this. And take a break. And understand that these 156 women, and there are more out there that didn't, we don't even know if there were more out there, and I'm sure there was. But these women are going to be scarred forever. And some people have those mindsets to, I'm going to fight for everything. Allie Raceman wants to come out and make a foundation for women that have been victimized sexually. She wants to create a foundation. But not everybody is like that. Nobody has the mindset like her and Simone Biles. Those are only the two biggest ones. Those other 154, that took guts. And I hear media people going, oh, more than 100, uh, 120. You guys didn't care. You didn't care. You didn't care enough to actually have the guts to actually say this. Larry Nasser is a pig. He's a pig. And I don't want to hear this. What, what are you guys trying to hold back? What are you holding? That's my question. You're doing this in other news nonsense. You're putting it at the second half of the nightly news. This is important stuff. Because you put so much emphasis on Penn State just a few years ago. I mean, we even have a TV movie with Al Pacino called Paterno about Joe Paterno's involvement in the Jerry Sandusky scandal. Where's this? And I mean, now we have Michigan State. And everybody just wants to glide over it. No, Jake, we got to talk Super Bowl. No, we don't. The Super Bowl is not till next, till two Sundays from now. You can find time to talk about this story. Luana Simon is out of a job. Dave Hollis is out of a job. And there are going to be more than are going to be out of a job. This is just the beginning. It's not going away. In fact, here's something interesting. This just came through. But see, I just feel like this is an apology letter. From the media. Now we have the headlines coming out. Just as we're going into the weekend. Great timing, guys. Great timing. We're going to go on the weekend. We're going to take time off. We're going to you know, put our feet up and everything. This should have been talked about on Monday. Like right after we talk about the Super Bowl and all that stuff. Let's get serious. Let's get tight here. Let's talk. According to ESPN, the Michigan State Athletic Department, including Tom Izzo and Mark D'Antonio, were included in the program-wide sexual assault cover-up. can't make it up if you tried. You can't make it up if you tried. This is just the beginning. But the beginning already started when Nasser was first put on trial. That's where everybody should have been there. And this should have been a top story. And now it just feels like we're still going to push it to the side. Definitely not going to do that here on Turning Points. This had to be said. And you're only going to hear it right here on Turning Points. Now, I know it's kind of tough to make a tease out of our next topic here, but I want you to just think about this. Whether you have kids or not, it affects you, and it doesn't matter who you are. It may not have happened to you, but it will affect you. 
Because I know for, because I have a sister and she was an athlete. She was in softball. She was in so many different sports, soccer, you name it. She did it. And it makes me very happy that she did not have to be one of these 156 women. And that there were parents that were actually watching this and didn't say a thing. Like, what kind of tricks did this guy have to make you go? And then the the worst thing, as we take a break here, the worst thing was this when I heard this from the New York Times. Some of the women said parents, coaches, and acquaintances were hesitant to believe their accounts. Hesitant? Hesitant. No, you weren't just hesitant. You were thinking about that. Almighty dollar. Unbelievable. That is what it's become now. You know, we already have enough problems with athletes not being paid. Now we have this. I mean, you got to be kidding me. But no, I'm not accepting the apology of the media here. This should have been reported long ago. Now we're pushing it into it. Right as the weekend starts. Way to go. Way to go. But I digress and we're going to move on. In fact, coming up, I'm going to tell you why the foul anger for this certain place is so laughable to me, and I'm so glad that we have four going into this. That's all coming up next. This is Turning Points on Audio Boom. You know, as soon as I talked about how the media was underreporting this story, tons of news has now come out now, finally. As I mentioned before the break, that Michigan State scandal has reached college football and basketball with Tom Izzo and Mark Antonio being included in the program-wide sexual assault cover-up as reported by ESPN. Then another story just came out that over 16 Michigan State football players have been accused of sexual assault. Now, those are accusations, and I would love to see the evidence put upon this and see how this goes down. Because this is one thing you got to understand here, Okay. Let's remember this, that I'm not trying to say that everybody is guilty, okay? I'm not saying that because DeAndre uh, Francois for Florida State, uh, earlier in the week, uh, this was pretty much pushed to the side too, uh, he was alleged in a domestic violence with his his girlfriend. It actually turned out that Francois was the victim and Orlando Sentinel reported that there will be no charges filed. Uh, There was no evidence proving to the accuser's point. So the case has been dropped. Moving on. I'm just waiting to see if the Brock Turner, and I just uh, got a, I just had a text with a friend of mine, and I would love to see if the, the Brock Turner case would be reopened because I think that's what we needed. We had a woman judge on this last case, you know, and that's one thing that really definitely needs to happen more often. This has to happen more often because at the point where it's got to be like, no, if a woman tells you no, you stop, you stop. I don't see what's so hard about that. Okay. So the judge's name is Rosemary Aquilina. Aquilina. I'm going to say that if I say it correctly, I apologize, but this is the kind of judge that I want because this is one that just doesn't take crap. You know, Nasser tried to write out a explanation where it was like, oh, it was hurt in his mental state to hear this. And, oh, please keep away from, you know, I don't want to hear these. Yeah, well, wah. 
As the judge said to him, quote, it is my honor and privilege to sentence you. I just signed your death warrant. Beautiful signature, by the way. So enjoy that, Nasser. And I'm telling you right now, the underreporting that I mentioned, now we're going to get it. However, we're going into the weekend. And by Monday, this is going to be forgotten, which is going to be sad. But right here on Turning Points, <laughs> we're just getting warmed up here. In fact, speaking about that, we are getting warmed up here. And something interesting happened over the week as well. This, uh, you ever get, you ever talk to a person sometimes? It could be one of your friends. It could be an enemy. It could be just anybody. And you just feel like they're kind of lying to you. Like there's just something about them. Their eye, tw their eyebrow twitched or something, or they got this little smirk or they're looking down at the floor and you just feel like, why are you lying to me? What, what did I do to you? Okay. So I feel like this foul anger that I have been hearing across the sports radio universe about the Baseball Hall of Fame, it kind of is pathetic, to be honest. You know, one decided to come out and talk about how the, uh, I can't believe my generation is being ruined by this. How is Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds not in yet? Really? You don't know, huh? You don't know. That ruined your entire day. You're trying to tell me that when the Baseball Hall thing came out, you decided to come out with this foul anger, this falsity, this lie. That, oh, how, how come Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens aren't in yet? Really? Okay. Let's remember this. This is the first time since 2015 that four players were selected into the Baseball Hall of Fame at Cooperstown. Also, keep this also in mind. We have six, actually, because Alan Trammell and Jack Morris were picked in the Veterans Committee. So Jim Tomey, Trevor Hoffman, Vladimir Guerrero, and Chipper Jones were all selected for the Hall of Fame. Okay? So, first thing that came to my mind was... It's about time for one. It's about time for two. I believe that the one that has the second most career saves in baseball history, in baseball history, behind only Mariano Rivera, gets in. And then, of course, another one who's played 22 seasons and hit over 612 home runs and never played a, an outfield position. He never played defense. He was a DH. And I just feel like, we're going away from this. It's like top story today. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. Tune in. I don't give a rat's behind. I don't care. They're going to get in sooner or later. But in fact, if we're going to do this, you remember that episode of Seinfeld, the the comeback, I believe it was called. And it was about this, and it was about this man who was working with the Yankees with George Costanza. And George is just stuffing shrimp in his mouth, unwillingly knowing that he's eating like a pig, pretty much. And he goes, hey, George, the ocean called. They want their shrimp back. All right. He comes back and he goes, I have no comeback for that. But he comes up with this one and he calls it jerk store. He said, well, the jerk store called. They're running out of you. I think in the Baseball Hall of Fame case, even though that was a terrible comeback, you come back with this. That is something that baseball has to look into with jerks. Because there are jerks in, in the Baseball Hall of Fame already. Now, I'm not trying to take away from what it was. I mean, Ty Cobb is like the biggest jerk, one of the greatest jerks in baseball history. He's in. I'm still waiting for Pete Rose to get in. He's not in yet. 
So until you put in Pete Rose, then you could talk about Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and I feel like they're going to get in soon. I mean, Clemens had 57.3% of the voting. Bonds had 56.4%. And don't give me this nonsense that, oh, they were all they were Hall of Famers before this. What are you talking about? Are you just trying to tell me right, right out the gate here? Okay, so you're telling me that I should just forget about the steroid era. Let me just forget about it. And let me talk about when Barry Bonds was skinny. And let me talk about how Roger Clemens was the most dominating pitcher. Okay, I'll, I'll talk about that. But guess what? The careers continued. They took the steroids, which I believe they did. And now they have to deal with the consequences. I am not going to lose sleep if Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Because it takes away. Because look at the example here. Just spent over three minutes right here just talking about those two fools. Okay, when I could be talking about Jim Tomey, eighth all-time in home run hitting, 612 home runs, 22 seasons, play with the, the likes of the Twins and the Indians and the White Sox. I remember that one. Trevor Hoffman, 601 save, second most to Mariano Rivera. Vladimir Guerrero, batting average, 318, one of only nine players to do that, to be in that. 449 home runs, 1,496 RBIs. Played at the Expos, Angels, Rangers, Orioles. And then Chipper Jones. Finally. Chipper Jones. Finally. It, it took you long enough. Chipper Jones has got to be one of, like the, one of the top five greatest third basemen in baseball history, in my opinion. You know, I mean, 303 batting average had tons of injuries. Still had 468 home runs. If the Braves could, they would make a statue of Chipper Jones. I mean, this is fantastic we should be universally we should be like hey way to go you four and you alan trammell and you jack morris yeah i can't wait to see these announcements i can't wait i can't wait for the hall of fame to begin and those ceremonies oh it's gonna be amazing nope we gotta be like this uh what about roger clemens i'm about barry bonds i don't care about anybody else don't you give me that ken griffey nonsense it's like, whoa, man, hey, okay, first off, out of the easy chair, okay, right now, here, let me, got to put your feet down, got to put your feet down so I can bring you down here, so I can snap you out of it. I can, my goodness, we are so in love with hate nowadays, it is nauseating. I, it's not like we're looking at this right now and going, well, Jim Tomey didn't deserve to be in, and Trevor Huffman, and Guerrero, what they do, what they ever do. I don't know. Be great at what they did. You know, everybody keeps talking about how there is no such thing as a free lunch entitlement. There was no entitlement with these guys. Remember this. Vladimir Guerrero came from the Dominican Republic. Okay, so let's remember that. Jim Tomey, who was like under the radar the majority of his career, all he did was hit home runs. That's all he did. Trevor Hoffman. That guy had to be one of the most understated players ever because he played with teams like the Rockies and the Padres, and he still had 601 saves. 601. Think about that. You know how hard that is, especially in today's baseball, to get over 601 saves in your career? You're second most below only the greatest closer in baseball history, Mariano Rivera. So think about that. Because... That is what we need to be celebrating. We need to be celebrating Jim Tomey, Trevor Hoffman, 
Vladimir Guerrero, Chipper Jones, Alan Trammell, Jack Morris. They were all great at their sport. You know, we keep talking about how you know LeBron James is so great at his sport. Kobe Bryant is so great at his sport. Tom Brady, Joe Montana. Why, 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 why can't we have these four? Why do we have to make it about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, two guys who cheated? But I mean, we're going to have them. We're going to have them. We have Jeff Bagwell in, for goodness sakes. But Jeff Bagwell was such an amazing baseball player. But I know that he, I know he did something on the side. And it's kind of ironic, isn't it? So stop with your foul anger, your nonsense. And here, I'll put your feet back up into the easy chair. Okay, and you can keep screaming at the television like an old like the old like Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino. You can you can go ahead and do that. And you can do your get off my lawn nonsense. I'm gonna sit here as a baseball fan and be happy as ever for Jim Tomey. Because I remember Jim Tomey when he was a Minnesota twin. That guy was electrifying. When that guy hit a ball, adios, amigo. Same with the White Sox, same with the Indians. You talk to any White Sox fan, twin fan, Indian fan, you say the name Jim Tomey, they'll burst out stories galore. Because that guy was amazing to watch. And then Trevor Hoffman, the guy was unhittable. You, If you got past Trevor Hoffman, that was that's something that you should like put on a plaque. You should have a plaque here saying, I hit off Trevor Hoffman. And then Vladimir Guerrero, who just, it was like a roller coaster with him. It was like the greatest roller coaster you could ride. And that's what it's become here. I mean, the, the guy was just electrifying on the field, off the field. The guy was was just amazing. And then Chipper Jones. Well, pfft. Chipper Jones has 14 division titles. I mean, think about that. Yeah, he only has one World Series. I get it. But at the same time, he didn't cheat. Larry Guerrero, he didn't cheat. Trevor Hoffman, he didn't cheat. Jim Tomey, sure as hell didn't cheat. So why should I have two cheaters coming in over the four that have not? It's called the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Stats. Because when Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens do get in, then you can take your foul anger and you can put it somewhere else. Because I'm not buying it for one minute that you're outraged and you're annoyed and you're you're mad as ever. Please. That's, that is so ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. You're kind of like that. It's like that meme with Grandpa Simpson. And you're yelling at a cloud. And that's what you're doing. You're yelling at a cloud. And then you hear somebody and they like your take and they'll yell at the same cloud. And that's what you're doing. You're creating this nonsensical pattern where everybody is going to yell at a cloud. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Just saying. All right, so switching off things here. Coming up, I'm going to uh, bring on a good friend of mine, Eric Wilson from Honor Level. He has a radio show on Sarasota, Florida. And you know what? He is not going to pull any punches on this one because you won't want to miss what he says about the Eagles uh, coming up here. Yeah, I can't believe it. We're two Sundays away from the, the Super Bowl. It's it's crazy. Eric Wilson is going to join me next. This is Turning Points on Audio Boom. All right, so we know that the Patriots and the Eagles, they're going to be in Super Bowl 52. But I, this was something interesting that when we had Jordy Norstad on from Midco Sports Network, he said he was going to take the Vikings. But I had an ace up my sleeve. 
And it was Eric Wilson of Honor Level that put out a passionate take about his Philadelphia Eagles getting in. And he is joining me right now. And uh, Eric, I want you to tell me your feelings right now when the Eagles took down the Vikings 38-7. to Man, can I just say first, man, it was a very surreal experience for me because as I'm watching this game, and of course on the first drive, as you and I both know, you know, the Vikings just marched down the field, put up a quick seven points, and I'm saying to myself, really, this is how this game's going to go for me? I've waited all year to be back in this moment, and we're not even going to show up. Well, I guess, you know, the Eagles must have heard me screaming at the TV because from that point on, it was all about the link, it was all about the fans, and more importantly, it was all about our defense just stepping up. I mean, to rattle off for pretty much three quarters, 38 unanswered points, and Minnesota had nothing in the tank. You had Adam Thielen, you had Stephon Diggs, you had Kyle Rudolph, and you had Kate Keenum, and then that stout Minnesota defense that everybody was praising all year long, it looked like they didn't even get off the bus. So they got off for one play, and then they said, okay, we're done, and the Eagles just took over. Yeah, it's been kind of that story of the Philadelphia Eagles all year. They've just been the most disrespected number one seed in NFL history so far. And I absolutely agree with you 100% with that. And I want you to just uh, just to tell me what your feeling on was when Carson Wentz went down, you have Nick Foles as your quarterback. Did you have any trust in this guy throughout the season? I did. I really did. Uh, you know, there's a reason why Nick Foles came back to Philadelphia. It wasn't just the fact that we drafted him back in uh, 2012. It was the fact that he came and played for a system that he knew, for a coach that he respected. And more importantly, he understood the mentality of being a Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. So having him as my backup, I wasn't worried at all. And everybody was, they were concerned. They were like, oh, your season's over. And the one thing I said to everybody was, where was all this talk when we lost Caleb Sturgis and had to rely on Jake Elliott? Where was all this talk when we lost Jason Peters and Big V and Steven Wisniewski had to step in? Where was all this talk when Jordan Hicks went out? No one bothered to say anything about my team. But then the minute, the, the, the very second that Carson Wentz, we found out that he had torn ACL, Everybody and their grandmother was like, oh, the Eagles season is over. I don't know what they think they're going to do. They may get to the postseason, but they're going to be one and done. And look at where we're at now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, this is great for the NFL when you got an underdog like the Philadelphia Eagles and you're going to go against the Patriots machine. And I love those dog masks. I think those dog masks are just – they're the greatest. Here, we're talking – yeah, I still can't, I yeah. can't find one. I've been trying to get one. But here's the thing that I think people are forgetting, Jake. We're 13-3, and three, the best yeah. record in the NFL. We're number one in the NFC. I mean, yes, a lot of that is attributed in a part to due to what Carson Wentz was able to do, but he was not the only one out there on the field. Our defense under Jim Schwartz has been ranked a top-five defense this year. Everybody from Fletcher Cox to Malcolm Jenkins to, to, to Jalen Mills have just come alive. I look at that defense and it reminds me of the early 2000s when you had Hugh Douglas and you had Jeremiah Trotter and, of course, you had Brian Dawkins. You know, that's the defense that I remember. And that's what I see in this defense this year. 
Yeah, that defense has just been an absolute blast to watch. I mean, you know me, I, I live and breathe defense, so I always want a, a great defense to be playing. And I mean, this is this is just pretty much karma coming full circle. You're playing against the ultimate opponent. You're playing against the team that has just been the dynasty that it is. And now the Philadelphia Eagles have this chance to take that book of curses, take a lighter to it, and burn it. They just want you just want one Super Bowl. You just want one Super Bowl right now, especially with Doug Peterson. And how impressed have you been by Doug Peterson being the anti Andy Reid with his play calling? The one thing I can love about Doug Peterson, well, there's a lot, but the one main thing is this man does not care how you feel about his style of play or what he's doing. He runs his scheme, right. he runs his format each and every time. And there are moments where, you know what? You don't pull a rabbit out of a hat, as I've heard him say. You have these plays that you design and you draw up for certain moments in the game. And if they work, great. But if they don't work, you move on to the next one. Doug Peterson does not let any one play define his season, nor does he let any one game impact the team. We win, we move on. We lose, we recoup, we figure out the problems, we make the adjustments, and we move on. Here's the thing. This is the third time now in Eagles history that they are in the Super Bowl. The third one you've seen, too. Yes. (laughs) We lost lost to the Oakland Raiders in the 80s. We lost to New England Mm in 2004, 2005. Mm -hmm. So believe me when I tell you, they call this the revenge game, the redemption game. They call it whatever they want to call it. The fact of the matter is, I knew this season that this is the team I wanted. Because I, I I go by the old wrestling adage of the great Ric Flair, to be the man, woo, you got to beat the man. And Tom Brady is just that guy. He's Eric Wilson, CFO of the best sports show in Sarasota, which is whole another level. He is going to be at the NFL Combine March 2nd through the 5th, and he is very excited for that. And Eric, uh, to talk about your Ric Flair perspective there for a minute, just two hours north from you is Orlando, where the XFL used to have the Orlando Rage. And how how do you think the XFL is going to go down this time around going into 2020? Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> now in 2020, a lot can happen. Right. Now, I will admit, when the XFL first came out, I was very interested because at the time I was a huge old-school WWF, WWE fan. Mm-hmm. So, I could just roll my football into my wrestling and make one and the same. If, and this is a tall order, yep. if it is marketed correctly, mm-hmm. it could be a success. I just don't know if in three years' time, two years' time now, if the XFL is going to be the prominent, you know, outdoor non-NFL type football that, that they hope it to be. I don't know because I can't forecast that far out. Based on what I saw from when it first came out, and it was this big smack, smacking the mouth kind of just rough rider kind of thing, if they're trying to change that, I don't think it's going to be successful. But listen, if there's one thing I will credit Vince McMahon on doing, it is being able to put out a product that will sustain. Yeah. I just don't know if football is where he needs to be fo- fo- 
I'm kind of interested in just to see what he is doing because what I like so far is that everybody, all the sports media is saying, oh, this isn't going to work. It's going to be one of the worst ideas ever. And you never know. It it could happen. I mean, and, and that's the thing is that when you get that universal hatred and this isn't going to work, then, you know, sometimes as history has told us, it does work and you're wrong. And that's one thing that I've really liked to see out of this. Now, we met in a very particular time and i want you just to go down like just uh, how we met here right? because we met when we were in los angeles together here but we didn't know each other very true it was um roughly about nine years ago how? you and i were at a uh, uh, sports conference in los angeles yep and it was you myself a good friend of ours michael caratanudo I'll give, a, I'll give a cheap pop for him on NBC Sports Radio. <laughs> oh, shameless. It is shameless, yes. <laughs> there, wasn't, there was a very interesting connection. How you and I met was we were all hanging out in the hotel room. I'm not sure if it was mine or if it was yours. It was yours. You, it was mine, okay. And you asked me to listen to your, to your demo tape. Yeah. And I was like, okay, sure. And, you know, I kind of went off in the little corner and I was just listening. And the one thing about you that I heard, which I still feel to this day, is something that is missed in a lot of broadcast journalists. Mm -hmm. It's just the passion when it comes to speaking about any topic related to sports. Mm -hmm. Your passion just exudes through the microphone. And so I was like, wow. That night, you know, we formed a a brotherhood and I was just like, this is a dude who I know is going places and doing great things. And he is someone who I want to stay connected to. And throughout the years, you know, you and I, we, we, we've had our ups and downs, but we've always remained constant to the fact that this is what we want to do. And we are going to push this for as long and as hard and as much as we can until our last breath is gone. And so, you know, I always, whenever it comes to you, I am always just, I'm kind of taken back because here it is now almost a decade later. (laughs) And just to see, just to see the road that you have been on, to see the successes that you've had, to see the hurdles you've had to jump over, to see the obstacles you've had to overcome, and still be in the position and still have that passion, that is something you don't find in a lot of people. Well, I appreciate that. And yeah, there have been some hurdles, but at the same time, you just have to take with the bad with the good. I mean, that that's the thing. And, you know, like I said, I'm going to be pretty soon. I'm going to be pretty close to you. I'm only going to be about two hours away from you. So, I mean, that's yeah. just that yeah, alone right there just shows how strong was, that brotherhood is. I was very excited when I got that call and you told me that you were coming <laughs> down to Full University and you were going to be you know, working with uh, the Dan Patrick School of Broadcasting, so much so yep. that I actually looked into it because I was like, wow. I was like, all right, let me see what Jake is actually doing. Man, you are you are just, you're continually pushing it. And I, I couldn't be more proud as a friend and as a brother to see someone continually every day on their grind and not letting anything stop them. I mean, this is this has truly been a journey, a journey that I'm honored to be on, you know, because you may or may not realize this, but I pull a lot of my, like, when I'm frustrated or when I just have a moment of, wow, should I really, even at 41, should I really still be doing this? I, I look to see what you're doing and what Michael's doing, and I'm like, wow, 
you know, these are my dudes, man. And I, I just, I feel a personal obligation to continually move forward because I don't want, I feel, like I, I feel like I owe you guys. You know what I'm saying? So wow. for me, it's like, I got to keep pushing. That hunger breathes in me. And every <laughs> once in a while, it kind of just, it kind of starts to fade a little bit. And I, I, I do, I begin to doubt myself. Full transparency, you know, um, in November of this year, during football season, yes, during the, the great streak of Philadelphia, I actually started to contemplate, you know, what's my next step? And I actually had to have a long, hard talk with some people about, am I really going to keep pushing this forward? It took probably about three weeks of me just kind of figuring stuff out. But it was funny because I think it was Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I was... I was with my father-in-law and my mother-in-law. We were just sitting around talking. And my father-in-law, who, who doesn't really give out compliments that often, he's a great man, but pop going to be pop. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and he said, you know what? He said, I just want to say, you know, I've been to a couple of your shows and I'm just really amazed that you were still pushing this as hard as you are. And that was kind of like that little fire under me to just keep going. And so, you know, the the reset button, if you will, triggered in me. And I'm like, okay, I'm back now. Now I got to really push this thing forward. So, I mean, a big shout out to you, to my father-in-law, to Mike, to everybody who I work with at HNL3 for just kind of keeping me, you know, saying, hey, we got a good thing here. We need to roll with it. But getting back to you, what I'm so excited about and so happy about is I know that you are in this position to be great. And I already know mm-hmm. this. I knew this nine years ago. I really feel like 2018 and beyond is going to be your time to really get yourself out there. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, mm-hmm. the world is going to know who Jake is by 2020. And maybe before that, but I'm saying by 2020, the world going to know who you are. Wow. Well, uh, Thank you for that. I um, seriously, I'm kind of taken back by that, and uh, that means a lot to me. Here, I mean, <laughs> I was just expecting, you know, just a little tidbit about Florida, and uh, wow, uh, the words you've spoken have just uh, kind of taken me back, and I really do appreciate that. I want to take you back to this for a second. Now, you said like I've been working for this for like nine years. You are a graduate of Penn State. You went through probably the worst thing that an alumni can go through, which was the Jerry Sandusky scandal. And, you know, you got this movie Paternal coming out with Al Pacino and all this stuff. I want you to now take it to this here. And I apologize to get a little deep here. Michigan State now just let their athletic director and their president resign today on account of what happened with Larry Nasser here. Why is it, does it feel like an apology letter to the understating reporting of the media towards what has happened to these young women? You know, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a great question. And let me start by saying I can only give you the opinion from a male perspective because mm-hmm. I'm not a woman. Right. So I don't want to disrespect anybody. No. Or, or, or offend anybody, here is what I will say. There is a lot of accountability that needs to be to be held when it comes to what has transpired from, from Penn State to Michigan State to, to, the, to the U.S. Olympic Committee. What I feel is if 
not just talking about the female president. I'm talking about everybody. Mm-hmm. If we don't, as a country, keep this top of mind and keep this in the forefront right. of the media, right. social networking, this is something, it, it, it will become a revolving door. And if we truly want to slam the door on this, people need to be held accountable. People need to lose their jobs. Right. People need to resign. And they basically need to clean house. But and let's but think about this, Eric. But let's think about this. Shouldn't there be arrests? Shouldn't there be charges? I mean, shouldn't like the president of Michigan State, Luana Simon, shouldn't Dave Hollis, the athletic director, shouldn't they be found uh, and arrested and put into yeah. a court setting and hear what yeah. these women have said? Because I feel like this is not over. And I feel like the media is just brushing it across. It's like, okay, we'll just talk about it and then we'll just move on with it. They spent over two weeks talking about the Jerry Sandusky thing. It was like top story, top story. And then they kind of treat this like, you know, their news. It's like, you got to be kidding me here. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, and here's my reason why. Mm-hmm. My reason why is this. You look at the time frame of how everything is happening. We have the Super Bowl coming up in less than a week. Right. We have the Olympics coming up right after that. February 8th. Yes. And then we have the Daytona 500. So you have three major sporting events happening in a very consolidated period of time. So what the world wants to focus on is they want to highlight those three things and then talk about what these women had to endure. Instead of keeping everything the way that currently is now, keeping that and making that the headline story. Because I completely agree with you, arrests need to be made. Charges need to happen. People need to be found guilty and held accountable for everything that these little girls these young women who competed on the highest level. Yes. They went out there and performed not for their city, not for their state. They performed for their country in front of the world to be given an opportunity to come home and say the United States of America is the best in women's Mm -hmm. gymnastics. The United States of America is the best at any of these Olympic events. And for what they had to endure, there needs to be more retribution. Because if the United States Olympic Committee does not do a serious, deep investigation into this, to cover up, not to cover up, but to find the cracks, to seal these cracks and make sure that rules and regulations are in place so these things don't happen moving forward, then I feel like we are going to miss the opportunity as a country that has been placed in front of us. You know, it started with the Me Too movement. And then from there, Oprah went out and said, hashtag, time's up. And so now, we've got this. I have deemed 2018 to be the year of the woman. Women need to be treated as equals. And if we don't as a country, men, women, children, doesn't matter. If we don't stay on top of this, it is going to lose the life that needs to be shown upon it. Eric Wilson, CFO of the Best Sports Show in Sarasota. 
He is never afraid, just like uh, me right here on the Turning Point Universe. He is a longtime member of the Turning Point Universe with that. And always, I appreciate your take on this, Eric. And uh, just keep fighting the good fight, man. You're doing great things. And uh, enjoy the Super Bowl with your Eagles and Patriots. Uh, Eagles. Hey, man, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I know I got you in my corner for the Super Bowl, or at least I hope I do. But if you pick the Patriots, don't worry. <laughs> I understand your reasoning behind it. But, man, it's great talking to you. Listen, you know my phone is always on. If you need me, just give me a call, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. That was uh that was Eric Wilson of uh Whole Nar Level. Wow, that was some tremendous stuff by him as usual. I mean, I know that people during this interview pretty much sat around and they were like, Did he really just jump into that subject? But this is the thing I'm trying to bring up here, is that we're bringing it up as like in other news here. And that's why at the beginning of the show that I made this the top story. Because we can't have a story like what is happening with USA Gymnastics, what is happening with Michigan State, continue on. I understand the Super Bowl is a big story, but we don't have the Super Bowl week until Monday. So we should be able to talk about this a little bit more. And as we go along in the program coming up, I'm going to tell you why I have high hopes for the XFL. Maybe it's all order, but when people are universally already against the idea, it's going to happen. So I'll up next. This is Turning Points on Audio Boom. <laughs> 